In this episode, I talked to my friend, Ben Hilton. He and I went to high school together, and we actually hadn't talked in quite some time. Ben saw some of the conversations that I had posted online, and he reached out to me and said he wanted to talk. I thought that was cool. He recently moved to Iowa and had gone out to a bar, and at said bar, began talking to one of the locals about the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that was going on in society. He said it was an interesting conversation, and all kinds of things were brought up, including conspiracy theories. In this dialogue-style episode, Ben fills me in on that conversation, and we get into so much more, including Trumpism, Ben being a registered independent, changing your opinion in the face of new information, and challenging your beliefs. Because of the more conversational style, you're in for a little bit longer of a ride on this one. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. What's up, man? How's it going? Not too bad. How have you been? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. That's what's up. So you're out in Iowa? Yeah. Yeah, living out in uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa. Okay. That's cool. How long have you been out there? Uh, October. Okay. Yeah, end of October, early November. Cool. So that's that's recent then. So I was going to ask. I'm like, man, that seems yeah. like quite the uh, shift from uh, Ohio here, you know? Yeah, it was Ohio and then Chicago and now Iowa. They just keep moving me further and further west. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So it's uh, work, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I work for Marcus Theaters. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah, I started at Crosswoods and then I went to Chicago and uh, worked for a theater out there in a, a, a town called Orland Park. It's on the south side of Chicago in the uh, suburbs, which Chicago, Chicago land is huge. So saying huge. Chicago is like, it, it's such a giant area, like where I lived and where I worked in comparison to actual Chicago is like considering Delaware, Columbus. <laughs> yeah. like they're, they're that far apart. Um, but, uh, yeah, I worked there for like, uh, just under two years and now I'm out in Iowa. Cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was, a I was a strange place. <laughs> so, so tell me about it, man. How, like, you know, how's it been? Like, what's, what's the vibe out in Iowa? Uh, so where I live is, um, uh, a college town but a uh, a smaller college uh it's uni university of northern iowa so um there's a lot of college kids around but the the town itself is mostly a, a an older crowd so there's like college kids and then you have um a lot of uh people in their like 50s and 60s i guess I've kind of been there for a while and everything. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of ranch homes, a lot of people who've lived there their whole life type stuff. Um, it's not it's not a farming community, although like five minutes in any direction and you hit farms. <laughs> um, but uh, the town where we have our other theater is Waterloo, which is um, kind of uh like cedar falls is like worthington waterloo is like columbus okay hard where like cedar falls is so small it might as well be a suburb of waterloo 
Um, so, uh, that is a little bit bigger of a, um, a little bit bigger of a town and a lot more diverse of a, uh, community because here again, it's the two groups, it's college kids and then, um, older people. And then with Waterloo is, uh, you'll get farming people, you'll get, uh, city people, you'll get some college kids, you'll get just all kinds of, um, groups. And there's a lot in terms of ethnic groups, it's a lot more vast. Like it's mostly white in Cedar Falls, just a lot of old white people. Even the college kids are all white kids. Like it's very white. Waterloo is where the diversity and ethnicities are, um, which I think stemming from why I wanted to have this conversation is what kind of brought on uh, the the guy that I had, the guy and the girl, I guess, that I had the disagreement of um, philosophies, we'll say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, tell me about the the disagreement, like, you know, what came up and, you know, kind of... Um... So, it, it was a, I guess, a poor judgment of me to just kind of, like, since I moved here to Iowa, um, I moved in December, and it was, like, December 28th was my start date. Mm-hmm. Three days later is Halloween, and it snowed, and we had two inches of snow out here. And it snowed from basically the time that I started working at the theater out here to the time when coronavirus, like, hit. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, I would be on the phone with my mom, and she's like, yeah, it snowed about one or two inches in Columbus. And I was like, I'm looking at 10 inches right now, and it's still (laughs) snowing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't realize how, like, in Chicago, we got a lot of snow, but... I guess with it being such a bigger city, I never noticed it because it it was like, you know, snow plows are there, salt, everything. It just, it's gone in five minutes of it hitting the ground out here, a little bit more country. They're not as quick to get it, but also like, since it just, it didn't stop, like, they just didn't bother. They're like, no, like it's going to wait. Yeah. It's just going to do this for like six days. So we're just going to wait until it slows down and then try and scrape some of it away. Um, so it was like, you know, almost, almost 12 months of just sitting inside and I was like getting stir crazy. I'm like, all right, I gotta get out. Like I haven't been able to do much since I've been here. Um, and I was like, well, let's let's go to let's go check out the local bar scene and check out what's going on there. So I go to this bar and I'm I'm talking with some people. And what's I, I made notes because I was trying to figure, I was trying to remember like how it all got to where it is. Cause it started with 
um, the comedian Chris Delia. Or do you know that guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the whole thing with him and his, um, I don't know, like the stories of him showing his wiener to 17-year-olds. Yeah, that's that's some that's some weird stuff, man. Right, I, and I, I don't follow enough of it. I just kind of heard, like, this guy is a uh, – had been, like, sending explicit messages to underage girls on Instagram and Tinder and stuff or whatever. And I was like, well, he kind of looks like the guy who would do that. I don't know enough <laughs> about him to know, but looking at his picture, like, I'm not really surprised. Um, so it start that kind of started it, which morphed into like, they didn't want to, def- they didn't want to believe that he was the bad guy. And I was like, look, I liked, uh, Louis CK, but I, you know, he was a bad guy. What he did was wrong. And then it also turned into, I mentioned Tom Segura, who, um, he used the R word on his podcast when he was describing uh, pro wrestling fans. And it rubbed me the wrong way for a number of reasons. One, I don't think that in, I hate to say it this way, but like in 2020, there's no really justifiable reason to use the word retarded when you're describing a person. Like that's an offensive word. Doesn't really have um, any justification to it. And then that turned into them saying that there's nothing wrong with that word. When they would use it, they're not using it to describe somebody who's mentally challenged or whatever, the same justifications everybody uses. They're like, I don't know why all of a sudden it's a big deal now. And I put them, I I tried to give them a scenario, but kept cutting me off. My scenario was, um, is Redskins offensive today? The Washington Redskins, is that an offensive term today? The answer is yeah. I said, right. 12 years ago, would you have said that the Redskins was offensive? A lot of people probably would, but most people would have said, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's just the name. They've been that way for a while. What are you going to do? Whereas now it's like, yeah, there's absolutely no reason they should be called the Redskins anymore. But, you know, 10, 12 years ago, nobody batted an eye, really. Yeah. You know, maybe our definitely native american groups were saying no this is racist but nobody was really paying attention to it um so that was the um that was the point as i was trying to make was that we go through and we evolve as a society and things that were once acceptable are no longer acceptable and then that took a hard left turn into them saying that um, this is where the conspiracy theories thing started just flooding out of their mouths. And they said that, isn't it convenient that the two, two years where Black Lives Matter was a big deal was 2016 and now 2020? And I was like, I mean, is it a coincidence? Sure. But I would argue that it it's it's more of since 2016 the black lives matter thing has kind of been on a forefront but there's only been maybe two which there's been numbers of incidents where uh police action against black people has been unacceptable um that it just took 
two maybe larger than life incidences where people said, all right, enough is enough. Um, and I, I, I was, man, these conspiracy theorists, <laughs> they, they were like, no, like black lives do matter, but we just think that it was, um, the media trying to, uh, distract people from what is really going on. And I, and I, I argued that, <clears throat> okay, 2016, 2020, fine. But throughout history, there are all kinds of events where black lives have been ended or oppressed or whatever. And what were they trying to distract people from? You know, when they assassinated Martin Luther King, what was it that the media was trying to, you know, distract people away from her? They were trying to end. Like, right. He was, this was a guy who was trying to end segregation and trying to get equal rights for people of color. <clears throat> and he was assassinated. What was it like? What was the end game? And the fact that people with these conspiracy theories can think that it's this widespread, like, oh no, <clears throat> George Floyd was murdered and organized by left media to be, um, uh, to try to end Donald Trump's presidency. And it's like, how, how does that, the levels of like crazy that you would have to believe for that is just astronomical. Yeah, man. Um, it's interesting to me because, uh, you know, I think about all the things that are, claim to be, you know, happening in the name of stopping Donald Trump. Like, you know, CDC's like, you know, pumping their numbers and, uh, you know, all, all these different conspiracies. And I'm like, dude, if these people, whoever they are, have the resources to do that, don't you think they would just like JFK the guy? Like, don't you think? Right. Like, you know, it's not unprecedented. Like, you know, they whoever they are got Jeffrey Epstein, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't understand why they would be putting on this big, you know, theater and spending all this money to, you know, stop him if there are other ways that they could easily stop this guy. So, I don't know, that's it's weird. Yeah, and it, and like, it, it, there was, um, uh, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Last Week with John Oliver. Uh, from time to time, yeah. He had he had an episode a couple weeks ago where he was talking about people who who believe in conspiracy theories, and one of the like couple of the things that were brought up, one of them was in regards to the assassination of John F. Kennedy. He's like, oh, there's all of a sudden all these conspiracy theories just because that president was murdered. But when you look at the attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan, there's almost none, and it's because he lived, and then. He talked about uh, with Flat Earth Society, um, there they they went through. I don't know who it was, but somebody did the math on like how many people it would take to keep that level of like if it was a NASA conspiracy to keep knowledge that the world is flat uh, a secret or a conspiracy. It was something like one hundred and fourteen thousand people <laughs> to to all band together and be like, all right. We're all going to lie to people and tell them that the world is round when really it's flat. And you're just like, there, there's one person who, 
who would nudge me like, yeah, yeah, check this out. This is all fake. Dude, you know how hard it is to get like four people to go to dinner, let alone, you know, that many people to keep a secret? Like, right, right. I have a group chat where it's me and three other people, and there's nothing that all four of us will agree on in terms of like movies, music, food. Like, we just had an argument yesterday about the grilled cheese burrito from Taco Bell. I said it was disgusting <laughs> because I didn't like the fact that the cheese was like just stretchy and gross on it. And they're like, oh no, it was the greatest thing ever. So the fact that four people who all have like a, a number of years of friendship, we can't agree on one simple thing, but yet we're going to have this conspiracy to convince people that the world is flat. Like how, I, I don't, I don't get conspiracy theory people who uh like who can just dive deep into it and and just just because there are coincidences and things look to be convenient doesn't always necessarily mean in my opinion that there is a greater scheme to pull one over on the world like like not everybody is Sizer Soze or Kaiser Soze from uh Usual Suspects like right like at the end of the like yeah at the end of the day governments have their agendas politicians have their agendas corporations have their agendas but I the to have this notion that everything and everyone is just out to get you is like, it's such a bleak outlook on life, you know? And at times I'll admit, I feel that way about certain things, but to just always live your life with a tinfoil on your head, I can't imagine that there's any, any real benefit to that. Like it just, it just seems so, it seems so tiring to just go through and be like, who's out to get me today. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting perspective to have because you can't really enjoy life if that's what you're thinking about all the time. And uh I think it's kind of a matter of you know the old saying, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like I think, yeah. you know, people are just like looking for any and everything and they're so just like, you know, tied to you know certain ideas. Like, you know, for instance, I feel like people are really tied to Donald Trump. And like no matter like, you know, what you say about them, they find a way to you know, rationalize it and, you know, things like that. Like, you know, regardless of, of everything else, there's, there's one particular instance where it shows where um, uh, it, was, it was the one instance recently where they said, you know, he was joking about something he said. And then uh, he came out and said, actually, I wasn't joking. Like, you know, I, I wasn't. And so right. I don't understand how people just like, just like take the narrative no matter how it comes, as long as it involves him. Yeah. Right. And and I and uh, another thing that's aggravating is that people can't the, they have to justify everything that he does. They can't just be like, yeah, that was that was a bad thing that he did. Like Dr. Fauci, I w- I will argue that I would want to listen to him for every single thing that involves coronavirus because he's a doctor and he he's doing his best to keep the public safe. But when he goes to a baseball game and he's fitty or he's photographed not wearing his mask, that's like, dude, you're the guy telling everybody that they have to wear masks. They they 
have to maintain six feet. And here you are, like, not wearing your mask. Like, that's a, that's a bad look. And I, there's no justification to it. He should have worn, worn his mask. And, like, I can argue, or there's no arguing, like, bad, bad on him, you know? Strike one, so to speak. But to turn around and justify it, and granted, I don't know, maybe he is somebody who, um, like, my boss has asthma, so he came to town, like, a month ago, and he would, he was keeping a good distance, but every once in a while he would take his mask and pull it down because it's hard for him to breathe with asthma, but he was, he still wore a mask. So maybe it was one of those scenarios where somebody was just waiting and watching and then Clint got him with his mask off because he was just like, I can't breathe or I'm going to take five minutes and just take the mask off. You never know. Maybe he like coughed into it and, or something and he wanted to like, I don't know, clean it off or like, you know, you never know what, what that might've been. It could have been two seconds. It, I mean, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. But it, and it's like, why can't people who are Trump supporters, why do they always feel like they have to defend him? There are things that this guy does says, and one, one of the guys that was arguing with me, um, he was, he was telling me that there's all these things that Donald Trump is doing for the economy of the U.S. And I don't follow it enough to really have a rebuttal to it because he's like, oh, uh, gas prices is the lowest it's ever been because of all the deals he's been making. And he's shutting down our our reliance on China, which uh, reliance on China, good, bad, whatever. There's some things that they're doing with their people that's not really great. So is it is it good that we're going to try and send a message to them to say our business dealings are going to be put on hold unless you guys can start to treat your people better? I don't know. Um, That's, you know, I I don't study politics for a living, so it's not anything I'm, I'm willing to, you know, stand on a soapbox about, but even if he does all those things very well, the things he says about coronavirus, oh, inject bleach into your system, the disinfectants, oh, do that. Oh, that was a joke. Well, you're the president of the United States, not George Carlin. Like, I don't, I didn't watch your coronavirus briefings for your 30-minute comedy special, dude. Like, people are scared. They're terrified. This isn't the time to be making jokes about what is what is good and bad about this because people did that and they died sure it was maybe a very very small portion of people less than 100 that did it but that's still less than 100 people who are now dead because they heard you say injecting bleach will kill it sweet i'm gonna go do that like he has a responsibility as you know the quote leader of the free world you know to be responsible in his communication i feel and I feel like he's just been like, you know, one of the most irresponsible people that I've seen like ever, like in any position. It's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. And you're right. Like people just like can't seem to be objective about him. I think if you just even come from the perspective of like, he's a human being and you realize that all human beings are flawed, you know, none of us are perfect. Um, you realize that he's not perfect and therefore he has to make mistakes. So it's like, call him, call him fair, you know? 
Yeah. It's like if this, if, if this guy was your boss, if he was your immediate supervisor, you'd quit that job. Yeah. There's yeah. no way I can deal with this guy. He's and so many of- people have. So many people have quit <laughs> their job, you know? Yeah. It's like this guy's out of his mind. He is saying, like, racist things. He's saying sexist things. He says things that have no fact at all. He is uh, trying to be funny in situations where we're all scared for our livelihood. I would like you would quit your job in a heartbeat. But yet, because he is the president and because he made a hat that said "Make America Great Again," all these people come out of the woodwork to defend him. And it's like you can you can be supportive of your political party and also question it at the same time. Right. And I think rightfully so, because I think, you know, as a human, if if you realize, you know, how much you've evolved, um, you know, we we don't like to think our personality changes, but I mean, if you go back far, far enough, like I'm way different than I was when I was three years old. Right. So it's like, um, I'm going to change and I'm going to reevaluate, you know, my views. Like I used to be scared of the dark, like, you know what I mean? Like now, not so much because I realize there aren't monsters there. So like, I feel like you have to challenge your beliefs even as an adult. And it's not like a, a solid thing. And some people just, for some reason, like just don't want to do it. I don't know if it's like a comfort thing for them um, or like what it is. They like cling to, you know, their beliefs and just won't change. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's uh, if there's like a nostalgia about it, because um, I you see it. We live in a in a society where we're we're constantly reminding ourselves of the past. Like every decade, we look at what was twenty or thirty years ago, and we start trying to be like, "Oh, remember this?" Now it's the '90s. '90s is like the big hot button like oh remember all these 90s shows that were great remember 90s fashion 90s music all that and i think when we were in high school everything was the 80s like oh look at the 80s that that was really cool so i think for a lot of people they they have that like warm fuzzy feeling for a time that they thought when they look back in hindsight um they they forget all the bad things and they they just remember the things that are good and um maybe that is what drives them to not change any of their um opinions or perspectives like it's like you can it, it's okay to change your opinion on something like uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like saying like, I have uh, firm beliefs on things. I like to say that there are things that make sense to me and then things that don't. And now I was trying to argue that with the guys. I was like, I don't really have a political affiliation. Yeah. I look at things and I look at, is this smart? Is it dumb? That's right. why I look at it. And I think that that's how people should operate and if if something if you look at it and it makes sense and it's smart then you can say it's smart but then if more information comes out and you're like oh it's actually really dumb you know I, I then you can change your opinion on it yeah man that that that's like the process of it that's like how we learn and like how we grow you, you learn more you 
you know, get more information and you get better and you're able to hone it in. That's, uh, you know, the same principle that's at play with any skill. Like when you first start something, you're not very good at it, but you keep at it, you keep at it. You're like, oh, wait, I got to keep my elbow in when I shoot a basketball or, you know, you learn balance and different things like that. So I think uh, you just have to go through it and, and be willing to flow with it. And some people just get to a point where they're resistant. And, uh, you know, maybe it's like once you reach adulthood and you've been working for a couple of years, you're like, fuck, this sucks. I want to go back to when I was a kid. And for us, right. you know, that was the 90s, you know. So maybe that's that's why that wave is happening right now, because you know, people are becoming parents and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, we're we're kind of that that age where we're the in in the the middle of the target demographic of the 18 to 45. And um I would say most people our age now are in their peak financial or their their in careers as opposed to in jobs. So um maybe that's why the nineties are kind of the new nostalgic kick and in ten years it'll be the two thousands and so on and so forth. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, dude. So, you know, like you said you don't have any you know political affiliations and stuff and you know, I, I feel the same way, man. Yeah. But I like, you know, what are your kind of like guiding principles in life? Like what, um, and it doesn't have to be specific or anything. It's like, you know, what are kind of the rules that you live by um, based on the world that you want to see? Um, it's, it's funny. No, not really funny, but it, that was kind of one of the things that uh, the, one of the guys that I was having this discussion with, uh, he and I, I, I I'm, he was he was arguing that the Black Lives Matter thing is all violent, <clears throat> and it's only that way because of the things that the media is portraying, and that Portland is the way that it is because that's how the media wants it to be. And I I didn't know enough about Portland at the time to to have any sort of um, firm rebuttals against it. I'd only seen that like it was at one point. Portland started just having people being abducted and there was a military in the streets. And I was like, is that, is that because of black lives matter protesting? Like I thought all the violent stuff had just kind of like paused or stopped and everybody was having peaceful demonstrations now. And all of a sudden now there's these people who are just being abducted in the street. Like what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so one of my, one of my big guiding principles is that I'm, I'm anti-violence of any kind. I don't, I don't believe in, um, you know, hurting anyone or causing anyone to lose their life. Um, I'm very anti-war, very anti-violence. Um, I think that, you know, I may not agree with everyone's um, opinions, political affiliations, music choices, movie choices, whatever, but I don't wish that they die, you know, like. Right, <laughs> Um, and I, and I also believe that, or have the idea that you should be able to think whatever you want. It can be as insane as you want. Like the people that I was having that conversation with, they are absolutely insane and they should be like, have, they, they should wear their tinfoil all the time. So we know who they are, but I don't think that we should take away their right to think that way because I think, um, 
And it's funny, he kept, he kept talking about how um, anti-socialist he was. And I was like, well, you know, we're like three steps away from being a socialist country, right? Right. And he was like, yeah, because of all the things that Obama did and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, just because if you look at the way that we operate as a society, it's, it's, it's very socialist. Like when the roads need to be repaved, like the city takes care of that. That's a socialist thing that's not like our taxes go towards repaving the roads and building new roads and all that stuff that's a that's a socialist thing whereas in like a, a capitalist society businesses like you know ge or apple would be building the roads and they would yeah. be building them specifically to their stores you know <clears throat> and he was like no, no 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 socialism blah and everything that he was saying it's like, no, 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 that is communism. What you're referring to, what you're afraid of is communism, which is a bad idea. Communism is, in theory, a good idea, but in execution, awful. Yeah. Um, and he just, he kept bringing up all these things. And I was like, no, 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 again, that's communism. And then he was, he was bringing up like Slovakia or something, some country that he was saying all oh, the socialist things that they're doing was wrong. And I was like, yes, but there's all these other countries that are doing socialism in a correct way, like Canada, Germany, Norway, Sweden, like all these countries that have been socialist for years and don't have any problems. <clears throat> and then he, every time I was like, well, what about Canada? Why aren't they a good example or somebody that you argue is bad? And he just kept going to the other one. I was like, all right, well, that's good <laughs> <in> there. Um, <clears throat> but... I don't know how I got off to that tangent, but we were talking about uh, like life principles and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anti-violence socialism, socialism is, uh, uh, you know, Oh, him thinking his opinion. That's what it was. Um, yeah. I think that the idea that we have people who have um, those opinions keep uh keep us as rational thinking people on our toes and there are things that a uh, a conspiracy theorist will say that if all of it is just noise most of it is just noise but there'll be some things that come through with kernels that makes your brain flick like eh, well what they're saying has some merit to it and while you you don't you know go right down you know they don't say oh every like there's one kernel that they said that made me think that maybe something isn't right so now all of a sudden i think that coronavirus was a uh scam to get us to not vote or whatever um and like you can just think that like you can take that kernel and go, well, maybe I'm going to start questioning some other things and start trying to think, if that's the crazy answer to that, then what is the rational answer and what is the correct answer? Right. So I think that those people having those opinions um, or people having differences of opinions is what makes all of us um, – uh, learn and evolve 
Um, so those, uh, yeah, those crazy people, they help us in a way. Um, I think another, another big guiding principle is, um, just, there's like four basic needs, um, that shouldn't be, um, they should just be givens. And those would be the right to food, the right to, um, shelter, the right to, uh, earn a wage. And then, um, the right to like vote and have a voice. And I think that those are four things that regardless of your opinion, regardless of who you are as a a person, what you've done in your life, those four things shouldn't be taken away. Um, unless, you know, maybe you murdered like 400 people, then maybe they lock you in a room and don't let you out because you can't be trusted. But, you know, somebody who, um, like has low level um, charges against them. And now it's impossible for them to get a job, impossible for them to get a house. It's like, we, we have this system in place where if you make one wrong decision in your life, you're automatically um, unable to correct that mistake or turn your life around unless like you get on vice and you have some kind of like church that you started or whatever. Like there's no, there's nobody who's like, look, I just want to have a roof over my head. I want to go home and lay my head on a pillow and go to sleep at night. And I want to be able to work and keep my head low. And there's in, in a lot of cases, there's a, there's people who don't get that, um, get that freedom and it leads them down um, a basic revolving door of in prison, out of prison. And, and the prison system itself to me is a, uh, a broken system. I think, I think that the, the for-profit prison system is really, really bad that it it allows um it allows for free slave labor in a way um and i think that if we had as a society more means to um social workers counselors um, people to help with mental health, then we wouldn't have this, uh, there wouldn't be a stigma about mental health. Number one. Um, I think that is one of the biggest factors of why our society is, um, in a state of just, panic really because nobody we're, we're learning more and more about mental health and things are starting to make that turn but there's still such a stigma and I don't know if it's just that there's a little bit of masculinity still clinging to the well I don't need therapy because that's a 
that's a um that's what crazy people do or that's what women do or that's what soccer moms do or whatever the case may be and it's like no people who um have even just um anxiety about uh getting married can go seek counseling and there's there's nothing wrong with that um and if somebody has a drug problem we throw them in jail as opposed to um getting them into a system that allows them to recover earn a wage and uh be able to provide for themselves to get out of that addictive uh cycle because it's just you know somebody ods on heroin we take them to the hospital we revive them we process them book them whatever throw them back out on the street it's like what are we doing to that person to help them right what what have they come away with uh it's like oh i od'd i'm never gonna do heroin again no they're, they're gonna go do heroin again or they're gonna go get whatever to get their fix and if we had a system in place and i don't know the answer so um i I don't know that there is um or i'm sure that there is but i don't know what it is to help those people and get them the help that they really need and stop the the vicious cycle um i guess in maybe it was the Netherlands or um, Sweden, one of them, they completely uh, decriminalized all drugs. They were just like, do whatever you want. We don't care. I think it's Portugal. But I think I know what you're Portugal, talking about. Portugal, one of them? Yeah. Okay. And they were, they were like, yeah, just do whatever you want. We don't care. And then they, they people who were opposed to it expected um, – deaths and addictions and crime and all this stuff to just go off the chart. But I, and one of the things that they did was they said, everything is, everything is legal. You can do whatever you want. And we're going to open up these like, um, uh, like halfway house kind of deals where there's going to be more, uh, uh, access to counselors and, and, and rehab and all that, whatever. And so what they saw happen was that crime and addiction and everything started going down because all these people who were once going to use heroin or meth or whatever and then get arrested for it and thrown in jail are now going to these like halfway house things and they're weaning themselves off it because they don't they didn't want to be addicted. Like people who are in that cycle, they do want the help. They do want to get sober and live um, a productive and full life. So I, I know that that is a scary concept, I guess, to us as Americans, because um, we, I don't know, we just, we see what drug addiction does and we see what crime does and, the idea of just saying like, yeah, whatever, just make it, let people do whatever they want is such a scary thing to us. And maybe we think that, well, Portugal, they have what, the population of Rhode Island or whatever, like 
yeah, screw Portugal. They can do that. They can get away with it. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. always the excuse. That's always the excuse. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they're just a, that's, 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 that's something that they got away with. It's like, well, what makes them different than us? Other than the fact that they're like in a different time zone and they're in a different country. Like they make they speak, sounds with their face to talk to each other, you know? Right. And they speak a different language. Like what's so different about like, are they, are they breathing oxygen? Yeah. Do they need food to live? Yeah. Do they need water to survive? Yeah. So what's the difference? Like they're not aliens, you know? So holding ourselves to a low standard, even though we're calling ourselves, you know, the best country in the world. Like it's really, it's a backwards, like double think thing, which is really odd. It's like, why could we not do that if we're supposed to be this you know, great place? Right. And it, it's, it's sort of, it's like what the, the Trump supporters have where they're like, make America great again. And it's like, okay, so is America not great? And they're like, no, 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 America's great. Then why do we need to make it great again? And yeah. it like, it makes their brain hurt and it shuts them down because it's like, yeah, that doesn't really like, unless you're going to say America isn't great right now because we have this wrong, this wrong. We're, you know, 42nd in education when we should be number one. And we need to get somebody in place who's going to make these changes. I can get behind somebody um, who says we need to make America great again because of these reasons and why we need to change it. I mean, I agree with everything that they're saying, but at least they recognize that change needs to be made. <clears throat> but to just say that, no, we're the best because we're the best, like, what have we done to prove that? It's like, it, it, I don't know. Like Tom Brady is the best because he went out and he won every Super Bowl for the most part that he ever played in. Jordan was the best because he went out and he won every NBA title he ever got. Like it's it's like if somebody came forward and was like Dwight Howard is the best. Well, why? Well, because he's the best. Look at him. Look at how big he is. Like, no, that's not how that works. Like the guy's been on like 12 teams in six years. Like it's not how this works. Right. It's like, like it's almost like we're the kid that has like the flashy equipment and stuff like that and like you know it's going around saying we're the best but we don't we don't play you know like, right yeah we have we have the bike with all the the gadgets and mirrors and all that stuff and we're we're gonna race the kid who has just a 10 speed with rust and chip paint and we got a fresh new paint job and flame decals on the side and all this stuff on it and we're gonna win and it's like no like all that's doing is weighing you down all that's doing is disguising the big turd that you're about to ride down the street right and that i think if i had to like you know kind of summarize what it seems like you're saying and uh what i certainly agree with is um we as a society and as like a people have advanced to a point where it seems like we should be able to take care of each other mm-hmm. um, you know from uh mental standpoint from like like a basic need standpoint like the you know the yeah. bottom of maslow's hierarchy of needs you know it's like why why can't we do that for each other just as like a minimum thing like it's not this world anymore where we have to go out and like hunt and kill our food and stuff like that like only the strong survive type of world it's like dude i show up at the grocery store with a basket i go around and i hand select anything that i want like we're not out here like competing anymore like relax you know Right. And it's, it, I, I think that if we, if we all just understood that, you know, 
everybody is trying to do the same thing, which is lay the pillow on their head or lay their head on the pillow at the end of the night and get some rest and feel safe in doing so. And even, even people who are out there committing crimes still probably want to be able to lay their head down at night and not have to be afraid that somebody's going to break into their house and murder them, even though they may not be doing things in their life that is uh, preventing that from happening, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it, if we all just, it sounds so hippie and kumbaya to say, but if we all just loved and took care of each other, then we could, we could work out any and all of our issues as a society. I, I 100% agree, man. And like, not to try and sound, you know, even more hippie, but I almost think if we just like picked a day and we were like, yo, today we're all going to take off work. We're all just going to sit down and we're going to get baked together. You guys, everyone just try it one time and, you know, we do this together and then, you know, see how it goes and then move forward. I think like, you know, people would chill the fuck out and realize that like, you know, life is bigger than the, the, what we make it it's, you know we're, we've turned it into like these spreadsheets and this rat race and all right. this stuff and i'm like bro we're on a fucking rock rotating around a nuclear explosion somehow and, and no one's like really thinking about that like this is beautiful and yeah we want to argue about you know stupid stuff like what color a person is or hey this person gets a little bit more money than me like i, I don't right. know i i get i get criticized sometimes um because uh, at at work, at least, it, I've been told that there uh, there's times where I I tend to just let things um, go by, or like I, I tend to not have uh, I don't stress out about things, basically. And it's like, well, I don't. Like, if I freaked out every ten seconds about. Um, you know, every little thing that went wrong today at work, like I'd be miserable. And yeah, there's things that happen that you're just like, are you kidding me? Like you can get upset about it, but I, I try to have that, that thought of like, well, at the end of the day, I'm not dead. The, the, the sun's going to rise tomorrow and it, having that like just 10 seconds of like well like let's think about this in the grand scheme of the world like in, in my position right now at work i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm we're we're closed as a theater because of a pandemic and it's like i don't i'm not making my full salary my salary's been cut you know bills are are starting to get tight and it's like well at the end of the day you know, I have a roof over my head. I've got food in my fridge and I have, I'm still making, I'm still able to get, um, you know, income. Whereas other people in the world don't have that luxury. They're relying on um, an unemployment that's going to run out in like two days. So having that kind of just like, moment of self selfishness like wow woe is me 
and then going, okay, it's over because now life isn't going to be that much harder. And if it does, you know, if, if the theater does close or you do lose your job, like have 10 seconds or whatever to be upset and then move on. Yeah, man. Uh, me and my wife, I, I forget where we even got the, the saying from, um, but we always like to say, hey, you can have a bad day or you can have a bad five minutes, you know? So it's like, you know, give yourself the moment to feel it a little bit. And, you know, sometimes it might be 20 minutes, but don't let it be all day that you let, you know, some little thing ruin your day. Um, and uh, I, I think that approach to life is, you know, something that has helped me because mm-hmm. there's so much to focus on that's um, better than the bad. And you can only think about, you know, you can only have one emotion at a time. So if I'm, you know, thinking about things that make me sad, I'm going to be sad. There's no way I'm going to be happy. But if I'm looking around and I'm like, wow, like, you know, I have food, I have, you know, my pets, I have my wife, I have, you know, my garden's growing beautifully. Like I'm alive, like right. you, said, you know, roof over your head. Like, you know, I have friends that have died. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, dude, we, we don't make it out of this unscathed. Nobody does. So yeah, I'm grateful for every moment of it, you know? Yeah, we've only got we've only got one turn in this life. So why not why spend it mad? It's like you see these videos, these people who are yelling at people on the street or 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 getting mad at people walking their dog in the park and all this other stuff. And it's like what like what happened in your life that you are so upset about that you have to make other people just as miserable as you or like you like you woke up on the wrong side of the bed so like so many times that you're like that's it I'm ruining somebody's day today and like I'm gonna be that miserable person who's gonna get videotaped blasted on the internet by a bunch of people I don't know called Karen for the rest of my life and I'm gonna have to live with that stigma and now I have to make this apology video or this apology post and everybody's gonna tell me how I stupid I am, or they're not going to believe me. It's like, why live your life that way? Why not just, there's some, like, I, I, I used to let everything upset me. Um, Cause I, I had the opposite opinion I had now, which was if you don't stress about things, then nothing ever gets done. And if you, if you don't, like a hundred miles an hour, everything, then nothing's going to get accomplished and everything has to just be react to it right now and stay that way. And it it led to just like a mental breakdown. Like I just had a full on mental breakdown and had to completely reset life, had to go to therapy, had to do all that stuff, like everything. It was bad. It was a real bad mental breakdown. And it, it, gave me that um like out of body experience to just be like if you're going to live your life that way like you're going to die like that's what's going to happen by your hand by somebody else's hand or like you're going to have an aneurysm because some kid gave somebody the wrong change <laughs> and like dude, the day is $20 short and you have to write a short email to somebody like you're going to have just like your head's going to explode because of it. It's like, is that, is that going to be the eulogy? Like, 
you want it to be that you died because somebody gave somebody the wrong change and you had to write an email. Like, no, you want to, you want to live your life to the fullest. And so like having that, um, I, and I think the being in the medium of those two extremes of like never letting anything affect you and letting everything affect you having that like middle point to be like, all right, something upset me. I'm going to let it affect me for a short period of time and then I'm going to let it go. And that short period of time can be a couple days. It can be an hour. It can be five minutes. Like it's like if I stubbed my toe and I was mad about it for a month, like that might be excessive. Right. Right. But like if I lost my job, I could be mad about that for probably until I find another job. Right. You know, and varying degrees of how mad it makes me like mad enough to rob a bank, probably the extreme you don't want it to be, but like having the like, well, man, I, I, I got to find a way to pay these bills. And so I'm going to devote all of that energy to finding another job. That's probably the more appropriate one. Um, and then just being like, well, I guess I'll sell drugs. Like that's also the other side where it's like, that's not really the great decision to make. Um, but yeah, I just, I think, I think that people are wound too tight and I think we, if, if we just stopped thinking of ourselves as a, as a human beings, it's like so much more than we really are. Like there's 8 billion of us or whatever. Like even, even Jennifer Lopez is just a normal person. Right. Like, yeah, she does. Yeah. (laughs) She's absolutely gorgeous and is a mega star and does things that you're like, Holy crap. Like she's got a waterfall in her living room. Like, I couldn't fathom that. Like, you know, those are things that we can't fathom as a society or as a person, like making that much money where you're like, I'm, I'm so bored. I'm going to build a waterfall in my house. Um, but at the end of the day, like she still needs the same things that we need, which is shelter, love, support, and food. Like, yeah. Yeah. I so, think, uh, if, I think we're good. Provide that for each other, man. Like it's uh, for, like you know, like you said, take that energy that you spend in the negative and shift it toward the positive. Like you know, yeah. think of you know, if you stop hating people and you're like, oh, you know, all this energy that I'm spending hating people, what if I put it into you know, start my own business or not even starting your own business? You don't have to. You know, I feel like there's a hustle culture these days. Like everyone feels like they have to do that, but whatever it is you want to do, if you want to paint pictures put the energy into painting pictures. If you want to garden, put the energy into gardening. Like you can turn that negative into positive and it just compounds from there. It just, you know, gets better and better. Right. We, we have sort of a, a, um, a famous for nothing kind of society right now where there's, there's, there's women on Instagram making six figures, just wearing clothes that they would wear regardless but because there's a picture of them and a lot of people like to look at them wearing those clothes, they now make six figures and they put the links of those clothes where people can buy it. And, and people send them clothes now 
And you know yeah. what I mean? They don't even have to pay for the clothes anymore. They get sent the clothes because they're sponsored. Right. It's like, wow. like, why, how can you be miserable? I can understand, like, if I lost my job or I was working in the mines all my life and then I get on the, I turn on the local television and I see that some 19-year-old kid is making $6 million because uh, there was a viral video of him skateboarding over top of a car and Tony Hawk saw it. He brought him on tour and he's this big skate skateboard legend and he's making all this money i could see we're like are you kidding me like i had to, i had to go into the mines i got black lung pop and i am i'm now out on my butt because the mine closed or we didn't have any more coal or whatever it was or everybody went to solar panels or something i could understand that person's frustration but like why can't you be happy for that person right it's not it's not a zero sum game dude like you know that that and, and and that kid went for it like you know he had to put in the work to get good at skateboarding and put in the thought to do the video and you know have the courage to want to attempt it so there's like you know other levels involved to it too but you know it, at the same time it's like dude there's so many ways that you can find to make a a path in life um there're monks that just live off of alms you know, people come by and just give them food, just like out of the goodness of their heart. And yeah. that's the only thing they eat. They divide it amongst themselves. And, um, you know, that, that's how they get down. And, uh, you know, you, you can find a way, but it, it's just committing to it and putting that negative energy into the positive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Like the, the idea of just being negative and, and wanting to ruin people, I think is it, it's a toxic idea of our reptilian brain and i wouldn't i'd be lying if i said i didn't have moments where i'm like man f that guy like every time i see Dabo Swinney talk i'm like f that guy but like the the idea that like i want him dead or that i don't want him to be able to coach college football I, don't get me wrong i wouldn't mind if like would be mad right right I, I wouldn't be mad i'd be like hey that guy god has come up and he's no longer allowed to coach college football great good for me and my program but like i don't I don't want the guy to, you know, have to go through like a hostel or a saw game to get his family back or something. Like, I just, right. I just don't want that guy to beat my team anymore. Exactly. Yeah, man. And uh, I don't know. We treat people so weirdly based off of like such little data about them because like you don't really like know a person. You like you barely know yourself, you know? And right. so like even someone that you spend all your time with, um, they have this whole other world of thoughts going on in their head that's, you know, really who they are. And you don't really get, like, exposure to that, per se. So, um, you know, let alone a stranger where you just, like, see a picture of them on the internet. You're like, ah, oh, I fucking hate that guy. Like, right. you know, based on this picture, it's like, why? You don't even know him. So, like, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a complicated life we live, and I think it would be uh, much less complicated if we took the high road. Yeah. And if we took the time to, um, like, have these types of conversations, um, and even the conversation I had with that guy, because at the end of at the end of the conversation, when everything was done, we both agreed that this is one of the things that makes societies like ours great is that we can have these vastly different different opinions, and we can have a very heated discussion, but it doesn't have to come to blows. Neither one of us are really 
um, we hate the other person for their opinion. We just, we just disagreed on certain topics. And yeah. one of, you know, I think that, you know, he, he did bring up some valid points where um, one of the things he said is you shouldn't, you shouldn't only look at one news source. You should look at both sides of the news and be able to compare it. And I completely agree with him on that. I don't, but the difference is when the one of the sides that you're looking at is like conspiracytheories.org, like that might be a bad idea. I would rather just look at like what, you know, CNN and MSNBC are saying, and then like maybe what Fox News is saying, and then try to meet somewhere in the middle between the two or whatever the case is. But if you're only going to listen to one side, you're only going to get that one side's agenda and opinion. And I agreed with him. But I think that if... Uh, if we as a society just took the time to have those conversations with the people that we disagree with, maybe we change their mind. Maybe they change our mind. And none of that is bad because we're all learning. Or maybe because we have those discussions and we both decide that, like, well, you're wrong, I'm wrong. Well, how can we meet in the middle to make sure that there's a better system in place? Right. You change each other's minds, you know? Right. Yeah, because I think uh, a lot of ideas occur from, like, the hybridization of ideas. Like, it's like, oh, man, like, that's a bicycle, and that's a motor. Why don't we put the motor on that bicycle? You know what I mean? Right. Like, you bring yeah. two seemingly different ideas together and create something cool from it. Um, so I, I think that's a lot of what could happen if people were willing to talk. But it's almost like, you know, we're so busy bashing each other um, you know, everything's so polarized now. It's like, you know, you have to pick one side or the other. And it's like the one side spends you know, time bashing the other side and no one talks and therefore nothing happens. It just kind of like this pendulum swings back and forth and, you know, no real progress is made because it's just like, I'm pulling this way. Now you're pulling that way. Now I'm pulling that way. Like, right. And then, no and, and I think the other thing that's wrong is that there's people who are afraid to speak up because they'll go on to an online forum or they'll go on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and somebody will state their opinion on social media, the exact place where you are able to speak your mind, and everybody will slam them for that opinion. And then there's people who may agree with that, but because 100 people are bashing them and calling them a Trump supporter or calling them a communist or whatever the case is, they are now afraid to go against those numbers of people who are attacking this person. And they're like, I don't want that. So I'm not going to share my opinion. I'm going to keep it inside rather than engage with the people that they disagree with and try to come to an understanding of, well, why do you feel that way versus why I feel this way? It's, it's this fear of, um, it, there's like a fear of being wrong. Yeah. And, or being on the wrong side of the ma majority. And so there's like JK Rowling got trashed because she had an opinion on, uh, I, I don't know the full extent of it, but it was something about, um, transgender and gender and whatever and she got bashed as somebody who was trans uh transphobic and she's like that's not what i'm saying 
I'm simply saying like this. And again, I don't know the full extent of it, but that's a, that's a scenario where she's automatically now blasted and labeled as somebody who's transphobic. And it's probably somewhere further, furthest from the truth. You know? Yeah. I think that goes back to kind of what you were talking about earlier with like, you know, the concept of criminal records, um, you know, kind of carrying you, you know, marring you for the rest of your life. It's almost like we have this expectation of 100% accuracy and omniscience from everyone. You know, it's kind of like we want you to know everything that we know and we don't want you to make any mistakes whatsoever or else we're going to label you and you're going to be that forever. And it's just like, it's so unrealistic. Like, you know, people should be able to say wild things. Like they should be able to say off the wall stuff and we shouldn't bash them for it. We should be like, bro, here's why you're probably wrong. And let me lay it out for you and, and show you that, you know? Um, but no, we, we call them a name. We label them when we put them in a corner and they're like, fine. It, it like almost like radicalizes them. Cause they're like, yeah, well, fuck you guys, you know? And then I'm going to go harder for this position. Yeah. And then it's, it, it just, in their mind, it justifies them to have that radical opinion because they are uh, being marginalized by society and being shunned by society. And that causes other people who feel that way to start to identify with that person and believe things that they don't necessarily believe. But because this guy is ostracized by society like how I feel, I'm now going to support him. And that leads to things like the neo-Nazis. Yeah. Like terrorism, like Muslim and Christian extremists who kill people because of whatever they deem to be against their religious views. And it's like, that is harmful from just a, this person is going to be going into the grocery store and a bunch of teenagers are going to call him a Karen and throw eggs at them while filming him and putting it on TikTok because they yelled at somebody in a parking lot because they had a bad day and they just flew off the handle and were like, ah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and so now in that, you know, in that moment, they had an irrational, insane moment and it's going to follow them for the rest of their life. It has that effect where they're like, I can't even go to the grocery store now. I'm getting called. Karen, I'm getting called a boomer. Like I had one moment, I had one moment. And then there's the violent extreme life ending one where terroristic acts are committed because those people feel like they're welcomed by these people, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a weird, weird thing. Um, But I think like, like you said, we kind of have to like have these conversations and, and meet each other and, and try to find at least a middle ground or at least understand where each other comes from. It's like, okay, you know, perhaps we, you know, we don't have a compromise yet, but I now understand why you feel the way that you feel and kind of what you want to see be accomplished. So, you know, perhaps in the way that I carry myself moving forward, I'll keep that in mind and try to work toward that um, with you, you know, um, while also meeting my goals, which is like, you know, what I think compromise is like, I, I don't think we always have to have an exact answer right away. Like, you know, you, you can't, it's, it's, again, we're not 100% perfect. Um, right. But I think if you, 
you know, lay out like, hey, here's how I see the world. Here's, you know, what my problem is with it. And here's, you know, my end goal, um, you know, without necessarily providing a way to get there, unless you have one that's pretty scoped out. But um, I think if you just talk conceptually, it'll help you guys work together to, to create those things. Because I think we, we argue about concepts and then, you know, it kind of devolves into, well, you know, your way won't work, so fuck your concept. Instead of being like, right. well, how can we make this work, you know? Right. There's, there's that idea of coming together to, for a common goal, you know, like having differences of opinion. Like you're married. You want to have Mexican for dinner. Your wife wants to have Italian. Well, I want, I want to have Mexican. Well, I want to have Italian. Well, those are two very different cuisines. We're not going to be able to meet somewhere in the middle. So let's talk this out. What, what is our best option? Where can we go? That's probably going to have both. You know, right. if you want to go to Casa Bonita, but she wants to go to Olive Garden, like you're not going to be able to get anything um, that is Mexican cuisine at Olive Garden, she's not going to be able to get spaghetti at Casa Bonita. So you got to go meet somewhere in the middle. And that's, that's the compromise and, uh, um, you know, getting to, getting to, you know, getting to the destination. It's, there's a saying of uh, faster alone, further together. Yep. And that's, that's what I think we need to do is, we're we're so divided by the little things that we're we're as a society losing the big picture stuff like that we all want to have the rights to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness we just want it our way yeah that's, yeah that's the that, problem that's what it is yeah, it's fine if you have the same like it's fine if you want the same things as me as long as you're willing to go about it in the same way and that's not going to be ideal because we're like, we're going to leave from the same, like if you and I left from Columbus to Chicago and we were going to drive there, chances are we're not going to take the same route unless we both have the exact same parameters set on like our Google maps. Yeah. And the odds that we're both going to have that, no, because one of us is going to go, I want to get there sooner. I don't really care about the tolls. And the other person's going to go, me. I'm cheap. I'm not paying for the tolls. So I'm avoiding tolls. And it's going to take me another 30 minutes to get there. So those differences of opinions are what's going to divide us between 30 minutes. Yeah. Something that's so minuscule and small, and then we're going to kill each other over it. Why? It's so weird. And so weird. Um, I've never understood like, you know, people getting to the point that they wanted to kill each other over ideas. You know, um, I, I can understand if someone that like, comes into your house and tries to attack you and it's a scenario where it's like, it's me versus them, you know, and it's a, a self, you know, protection, preservation type thing. But to uh, do harm to another based on them having a different idea than you, like, I feel like that's, that's weird because it's like how, I don't know, to me, it was always like, if you guys both think you're right, then you're both probably not right. Like you both have to like question if you're right, if there are two different ways that people are seeing it, that right. should cause you to question what you believe. And therefore you should, you know, investigate it. And then you guys should put your facts together and try to like, see like, okay, here's why I think this is better. Then, okay. Here's why I think this is better. It's like, Oh damn. Well, your data is better than mine. So I'm going with that or, Whoa, let's, you know, 
you know, now that we combine this, I see something where, you know, we're both a little bit off. It's probably somewhere over here. Like, right. Yeah. It's like my parents will, I'll, I'll argue with them because they'll, they'll talk about when election season comes up and they'll discuss who they're voting for. And without it, without fail, every single person that they're voting for is a, is a Democrat. And I'm like, but like, why are you only voting for that person because they're a Dem- Democrat? Do you, are you voting for them because you believe everything that they're going to do? Or is it just because it's that party? And it's like, you know, if, if Charles Manson was running for president under the Democratic uh, nominee, and you're like, well, I'm going to vote for him because he's a Democrat, it's still Charles Manson. Right. Like, this right. is still a guy who's going to manipulate you into joining a cult and murdering people. Like, he's got an X carved into his forehead. Like, it's Charles Manson, but he's a Democrat. Like, no. Like, he's an insane person. And I think if one of the things I would love to see, which is like never going to happen, is we abolish the two party system and we make people run. And they don't have any political affiliations. It's almost like the dating game. Like they're behind a wall. Yeah. See them and we're just like, what are your views on, like, what would you do about education? What would you do about uh, the war on drugs? What would you do on the war on poverty? And they just, they have to answer these questions. And based on their answer, you're like, I'll vote for that guy or I support that guy. And then like the veil gets lifted and it's whoever you, um, like there was that exercise that one of the teachers did in high school where he listed all the things that like that person was going to do or um, had done for the country. And it was like, would you vote for him? Yes or no. And everybody like something like 90% of the whole class all voted for Adolf Hitler. Because oh, wow. of the positive things that he did without like saying like, Oh yeah, by the way, he also did the Holocaust. It was like, these are the things that he did for the economy of Germany during the time that he was dictator. And it's like, yeah, like, granted, you you run that risk of, like, being like, oh, I, I guess I support Donald Trump, or I guess I support Adolf Hitler, but if we have this idea of, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna vote for the party that best suits me, then you're not voting for um, things that you truly believe in, you're just voting for an identity. That's literally what it is. And um, I think, you know, if people thought that there was a chance that um, a third party candidate would win, uh, most people would probably vote for that person. Because, you know, when I talk to people, um, it seems like 60% of people are kind of, you know, swing around the middle-ish, you know, maybe not nudge to the left, nudge to the right, but, you know, they could get along. But like, the more I talk to people, they're like, yeah, like, let's legalize weed. Like, why is that even a thing anymore? And like, you know, right. certain things that it's like, you know, we can agree on these. But uh, yeah, man, I think we, we either get rid of the two-party system or we get like ranked choice voting or something like that, where it's like, you know, um, if you want to vote a third-party person, it's like, yeah, that's my first choice, but, you know, this person is my second. And it's just kind of like, if everyone does go with that person, they fucking win. And it's like, oh, we actually wanted that person. It actually wasn't just a red or blue thing. You know? Right. Yeah. Because I, I think had Donald Trump not gotten 
the Republican nomination and he had run as a third party candidate, he probably still would have gotten a majority of um, the votes. Like he would have gotten more than any third party candidate ever because there's a large number of people who see him as a personality as opposed to a politician. And that's what they identified with. That's why that guy got elected because they, they looked at they looked at um, Washington and said, it's being run by politicians and I'm tired of, of it being run by politicians. I want somebody to go in there and shake things up. And so they nominated that guy. They voted for that guy. But had the Republican Party just been like, this guy is, has no qualifications to be in any form of government. He has not really donated anything to our causes. He is uh, a racist, homophobic, sexist person that is the exact opposite of the core demographics that we're trying to bring in. Right. Like – we want to get those minority votes, and this guy is going to alienate all those people to vote for the other side if they had just said, we're not letting this guy anywhere near our uh, ballot. And he had run as a third party. He would have gotten an obscene amount of votes. He probably wouldn't have been elected because of the two-party system, but you'd see that he carries major weight because of his personality. So yeah. there's there's this idea that like you walk into the grocery store and the only two choices for soft drinks are Coke and Pepsi. And it's like, well, those are the two most popular ones. They're red and blue, but there's also RC Cola. There's also A&W. There's Dr. Pepper. There's Mountain Dew. There's all these other options, but Coke and Pepsi are the only ones we ever see. It's like, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I think people voted for Donald Trump. Uh, who they saw on The Apprentice and the guy that's been yeah. tweeting stuff at Obama for the past couple of years. And uh, they didn't see Donald Trump, the actual businessman who bankrupted basically every business that he touched and um, was pretty much disgraced uh, through, you know, the end of the nineties and stuff um, until he got back on The Apprentice. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's like, it's a popularity contest. It's a, it's people don't really even like think about policy, which is why like, I don't know. I took that, have you heard of isidewith.com at all? So it's like this quiz you can go to and uh, it asks you policy questions. It's like, you know, do you believe that we should provide, you know, uh, healthcare for people? Or, you know, it asks you like, you know, all these different things. And uh, then it tells you at the end um, what percentage you align with what politicians. And like, I took it around the primaries and like, I was like hella surprised that I was like 90% Amy Klobuchar. And I was like, I don't even like like her, but you know, I was yeah. like, oh, I guess you know that's that's what it is. Um, but it kind of like made me look into her and like you know see what she was about and stuff like that. And um, you know, I was like eighty eight percent Andrew Yang, and like at the time, I did I did like what he was talking a lot. Um, he got like less than one percent of the votes out here in Iowa. Like he he, I saw him all over YouTube ads when they were doing the Iowa primaries out here. Yeah, and I, I wasn't a. I, I'm a legal resident, but I don't have my license in Iowa, so I wasn't able to vote. And I'm also registered independent, so I wasn't able to vote in it anyway, or wouldn't be able to vote in it anyway. But he was all over YouTube, and he and uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg yeah. were both just all over it. And Buttigieg got a D 
decent amount, but Biden killed them both out here. Huh. That's, uh, that's wild to me, man. But I just, I don't know. For some reason, I just liked that he was thinking about the future much more so with like, you know, automation and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I like to evaluate a person's, you know, character, you know, what they show you, at least. It's like, you know, if this is what you'll reveal to me, I'm going to, um, it's the only data I have with which to make my decision based off of. Um, yeah. You know, when it comes to things like politics and stuff where you can't necessarily, you know, sit down and have a conversation with the person. So, um, you know, I, I use that as kind of a barometer for, you know, politicians as well as, you know, the things they say. But, you know, people right. say things that are convenient <laughs> uh, these days, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that when it um, when it comes to politics, there's there's guys like Andrew Yang. who, Like I said, he did not get a lot of votes out here, but he's saying a lot of things that people are they get behind. And they're like all those things like, yeah, I want the automation. I want you know, these progressive thinking things. But then when they get to the polls, it's almost like they're scared. There's like this fear of the unknown. And we know Joe Biden because we saw him in the office or in some sort of capacity for eight years. And maybe some of the magic that Obama had rubbed off on him. And so we know what we're going to get with him. So maybe that's the guy that we go with. And Andrew Yang, yeah, he's a little bit younger, not really sure what we get with him. Some of the things that he's talking about are pipe dream type stuff. It's like, why not vote for the pipe dream guy? Yeah, man. Like, and, and then it, it also gets to the point where you're like, who's going to defeat Donald Trump? That's, that's what, that's it what shouldn't, this became. That's what this became. Like there's a whole Biden campaign that is settled for Biden. And that's like a movement, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, that's pretty much what it came down to is that it's like, we're too afraid um, that we're going to lose to this guy. We're going to get four more years of him. So we're willing to go with a guy that is, we're lukewarm on yeah. as, as a democratic party. And it's like, that's counterintuitive to everything that you should stand for. You like, you want the right person for the job, but only when you have the cards in your hand. So when Obama is president, yeah, we want the right guy for the job and we feel that it's Obama. But when Donald Trump is president, it's we need to find whoever we can to beat him. Yeah, anybody, anybody. Right. You know, get John Cena up there because yeah. he's never he's never lost to anyone. So get him up on stage. We think he can beat him. Like, no, that's not how it is. Like, he's not qualified to run for president. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm glad we didn't go the direction of Kanye West being a serious thing because I was like, dude, this is this is too much. Like, that, I, that, I can't take it. <laughs> that's another thing that, like, it, it's aggravating to hear him talk about that stuff. But at the same time, it's aggravating to listen to people go out there and torch that guy. Like, look, a lot of things that Kanye West says, I, I roll my eyes at because he's he's just a weird guy. But he also is somebody who is in desperate need of mental health and, and somebody to really like get him through that. So it's hard. It's hard to just laugh at the things that he does on surface because it's like, those are cries for help. Like if there was, 
if there was a guy in your neighborhood who was um, continuously overdosing on heroin, you wouldn't laugh at him. Right. You would feel sad for him and you would want him to go get help. And it's like, that's what we want for him. We want him to go get help. Him going out and saying that he's going to go run for president in 2020 is like, what? what? Why? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, just from the standpoint of like, you know, I don't want any more guys who don't have any qualifications whatsoever um, to be the president. Like we can't go the route of, you know, reality TV star, then music star, then like, Next thing we know, it's like Justin Bieber for president or something. You know what I mean? Like it's right. Yeah, it's it, well, it's it's idiocracy all over again. We get Camacho SmackDown champion as our uh, uh, president. Like, yeah, that's yeah, what we, that's what we're headed for if we continue to just go. Well, who's the next like out there personality that we would let run our society? No, who's the most qualified person? Right. Like it's it's. It's like if you were ha- you had to have surgery, would you want Wow to do your surgery? Because how funny would it be that Wow did my heart transplant? <laughs> or would you want, like, the number one heart surgeon in the country? You'd want that guy. Like, yeah, yeah you wouldn't get as many hits on Instagram. <laughs> but, like, Wow will kill you because she's not a qualified heart surgeon. Right. So why, why, why is it that our elected leaders are any different? I, I don't get it, man. And, that, and that's a great point. Like, it's almost like they, you know, we're like, oh man, like, you know, these doctors have been you know, doing kind of the same things for years. Like, let's just fucking get a guy off the street to do surgery and see if he can shake it up. You know, like, right. It's so weird. It's yeah. They're not pulling random guys out on stage to, uh, sing with green day you know like right billy joe armstrong is the front man of that band for a reason yeah you know kanye west raps for a reason he's not giving his you know he's not asking random joe blow in the third row to come here you go you sing stronger now like no that's not happening he's doing it yeah oh man i don't know i don't know man um i don't know where we're headed um but it, it's very interesting times. Um, one thing that kind of, I guess, keeps me uh, optimistic is, you know, it seems like things go in seasons. You know, it's summer, then spring, then fall, then winter, and that rotates, and that's how most things in life seem to be. And so it's like just as fast as all this shitty stuff came about, maybe, you know, some good will come out on the other side of it just as quickly. So right, um, we'll see, man. Yeah, I hope that it's just because it's an election year and um, it's 2020. It's like an even thing. Like maybe that's why everything is the way it is. And once we once we get over it, everything will go back to normal and everybody will be concerned with more rational things like why Taco Bell is getting rid of half their menu or whatever. You know, <laughs> we'll be more outraged about stuff like that than yeah. you know, saying, saying that George Floyd was murdered to try and tank Donald president, uh, Donald Trump's presidency. Like, yeah, man, I never thought I would miss the days of people getting mad about other people saying happy holidays. Like when that right? drama, you know, 
Yeah, like Merry Christmas. It's happy holidays. Like bring me back to those days. Jeez, <laughs> when that was the biggest thing that people were concerned about. Man. Yeah. World's crazy. World's crazy, brother. But I tell you what, man. Um, I'm super pumped that you reached out to me. And uh, yeah, man. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Is you know interesting to hear your opinion on things and. Um, you know, if you're open to it, it'd be awesome to catch up with you again in, you know, a couple weeks or so and, you know, see how things are and where we're at then. Yeah, for sure, man. I would love to. This is great. I, I like I said, I'm, I'm locked in a house with nobody that I know of around. And when I do venture out, I meet insane people who <laughs> are cool. convinced hey. of conspiracy theories. So it's, it's nice to have face-to-face interactions with rational human beings. <laughs> straight up man well uh, keep yourself safe out there um you know i'll be on the lookout for next time you show up if you're wearing a tinfoil hat you'll you know we'll see see how it goes <laughs> yeah yeah i'll be rocking my tinfoil hat and coming to you from my bunker and on my starving uh hunger strike to get rid of 5g networks and all that yeah, yeah. that's what it'll be Sounds good, brother. Well, hey, you take it easy, man, and uh, I'll be in touch. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Yeah, you too, man. Have a good one. You too. Later. Bye.